0: Welcome to Tech on Toast. The Tech on Toast podcast is powered by Rem's Hospitality, using market data to grow your revenue. To find out more about Tech on Toast, head over to our website techontoast.community where you can listen to all of our podcasts, read all of our blogs, and search for the latest hospitality tech in our marketplace. Enjoy the show. Welcome, guys. Welcome to the next episode of Tech on Toast. And this week, we're joined by Elizabeth from Sunday. Elizabeth, I'm going to pronounce your name now. She's just trained me prior to the podcast. So here we go. So it's <laughs> Elizabeth Ousmane Damayi. Right? Demi. Damayi.
1: Very as close as it can get,
0: <laughs> yeah. There's me, the global host, doing really well there. So, Elizabeth, uh, we've met obviously previously. We met you at the HRC conference a few weeks ago, which was lovely. You guys running around in pink, uh, the Sunday team making a lot of noise there. Tell us a little bit about you and your background.
1: Yes, of course. Um, thank you very much for having me. So, I'm the general manager, um, UK at Sunday um f- as for my background, I am French, as you can tell from my accent and my unpronounceable name. Um, <laughs> I grew up in Paris. I um, have origins from southwest of France, which has um, a strong food culture. And um, essentially, I think like I've always been a bit of a foodie. And when I was 16, my number one dream was to have my own restaurant. And one day I was at a party with a friend. And we were like, oh, I want to be a restaurateur. And my friend was like, yeah, me too. And uh turned out I didn't turn out to be as cool and to create my own. My friend Greg actually became a very successful restaurateur um, and created Cana Street in France, which I hope is going to come to the UK uh, very soon. Um, cool. I personally went for, um, a much more traditional academic path. Um, unfortunately I studied, uh, private law. Then I went to business school. Um, and I kind of forgot about the dream of being an entrepreneur myself. Um, and eventually I, when I graduated, I moved to London to do banking, um, which was, um, an interesting experience. I would say I, it was probably not for me in the sense that I need to do something that I'm very passionate about, um, that was probably not banking. And I realized during this, this experience that I wanted to work for a company that has a product that, you know, I want to use as a user every day, or as often as I can, that I understand That is simple and that I truly believe in. Um, so on the back of that, I was thinking, okay, I'm not going to do banking now. I'm in London. I'm enjoying it. Uh, It might be a bit of a stretch to launch a restaurant on my own in a new country uh, after, like, you know, like with with zero uh, contacts, etc. So I did the second coolest thing after being a restaurateur, which was to go work for restaurants, and I joined um, Deliveroo relatively um, early stage. So um, that was back in 2016. I spent uh, five wonderful years there. Um, so the company grew a lot. It did different roles there. So I was initially in the central team doing um, planning and analytics at the time where we had just launched like 10 international markets. It was absolute chaos. We were growing super quickly. Um, and we needed to understand, you know, like how many, like how much headcount do we have in the different countries? And like, how do we, um, how do we grow? How do we um, upskill our teams, etc. So it was, Very cool experience. I got the chance to travel a lot to meet with different teams um, in different countries when I was covering commercial strategy for APAC than Europe. Um, Moved to Brussels at some point to lead the the commercial team there. And then um, right before the pandemic hit, I became in charge of growing the um, greater London area which is an interesting challenge because it's very different from what you think of yeah. in terms of like the typical delivery customer, which is like a relatively like central London uh, with hipstery wants a pokey for lunch. Uh, that was rather like, how do you make this product work for a broader audience, uh, rather families, etc. So that was interesting. And then I, uh, obviously the COVID hit um, and uh, there was a very uh, tough time for restaurants. I think that's something that uh, impacted us um, all, even people not working. Like, I mean, obviously nothing compared to uh, how difficult it was for the restaurants themselves. Um, but we really saw at Deliveroo at least like the impact of COVID on uh, restaurateurs' morale, how difficult it was for them to get stuff. Um, and that became like, I think I became more sensitive to this topic um, by being exposed to it during COVID. And um, after a few months um, I got contacted actually by Sunday and they joined, they um, asked me to launch their UK branch. um, And that was back in April, so almost a year ago. And I launched the market officially um, end of July and we were just three people. Now we are growing the team. Uh, As you saw at HRC, um, we're a bunch of like 30, pretty pink, pretty energetic people. Now we're yes. in the team, um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much um, that's pretty much it, I guess.
0: Uh, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think going from the structured world of banking uh, into the totally unstructured world of food, <laughs> where it's very po- yeah, emotions is high, you know, there's a lot of creatives involved. What was it like the change from banking into delivery? Because obviously they're in a very early stage, as you said. Uh, was that interesting? Like a challenge for you personally?
1: Oh, uh, absolutely! Like to give you a sense, I. You know, I studied private law before and then business school, like I did internships in like very big industrial groups. I like and and banking was just like one of these over very structured experiences. Uh, You know exactly where you're going. Like you're going to be a number for the first three years. And then if you make it and you survive these three years, like maybe you make it to like a progression after three months, three years, like everything is kind of clear in terms of career path and development path. Um I arrived at the group it was absolute chaos. I <laughs> like I think it took me frankly and I joke about that um with my ex boss like it's it took me 6 months to understand what what my job was because it yeah. changed probably 12 times and I was junior like I just I had just graduated right. So um no it it, it was fun. I think the reason why it was a better fit for me probably is because it was growing super fast, but we were all super passionate about the product. And that's where I really discovered the importance of believing in what you're doing on a daily basis. Like, you're going to do a better job if you believe that you're doing something that is fun and that is changing the world. Like, it's uh, to some extent, uh, that gives you a purpose. And um, we were, frankly, at Deliveroo, a bunch of teenagers, 27 um, year old, like, trying to figure, uh, on average, I think, when I joined, Trying to figure out how to make uh, a new business model work, how to like scale super quickly, and we like we had a great, 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 great team, and essentially now that's uh, what we are all trying to replicate at Sunday, and it's like how do you get this energy which makes like chaos actually like such um, a, an energizing thing um, to to get the best ideas and the guests out of people.
0: The best, and, yeah, and, and actually, before we get into what Sunday actually does, it was really interesting seeing you guys at HRC because every morning, uh, anyone who was there uh, before setup, actually before the customers were allowed in, you guys were doing like I think it was like a pre-shift, like kind of getting the guys together and doing like an energizer. And, uh, and when I used to work for the Hard Rock Cafe all around the world, every day at quarter to eleven everybody in the world would do a pre-shift where we do a bit of a motivator talk about the day and kind of get people revved up and it's the first time I've seen it in a um I suppose an eventing environment where I've seen people go and actually seen people getting revved up about what they had to do that day and it it was there was no surprise after that 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 stand was mental for the whole day as in busy uh
1: yes thank you for for bringing that up actually it's interesting because we. That That's coming from the fact that a lot of people in my team have, have a hospitality background. Yeah. Uh, we have people who've run restaurants as general managers before. Uh, actually, our number one employee in the UK was uh, at the Writing House Cafe for the longest time at Jamie's Italian before. So he was doing this kind of like daily catch-ups. Um, yeah. And that's something that we have actually now in all of our teams in the UK, like daily sales catch-up, ops daily catch-up. Um, with the management team we speak also um, like daily Like it, there is something very energizing about like speaking about like your objectives of the day, um, the challenges that you've seen over the past few days and to brainstorm around like how you can make things better and that's like when you have this level of energy in the team and you make it fun to have these conversations daily, um, you get everyone super excited and so that's why also we ended up dancing on that stand uh, because everyone was very very high on energy. <laughs>
0: It's also vocalizing targets, isn't it? I find it really interesting when people give salespeople, particularly, get targets and they're written down. I think always speaking about them makes them sound achievable, right? It makes you feel like you can get get to a place. So I, I, I think it's really necessary, and I, I, I really enjoyed it. And actually, one chap I'd met, I'd done a project for uh, Deliverect up in Edinburgh, and I'd met a guy who's actually on camera on this project, and I saw him dancing on your stand. I forget his name now; I'm really embarrassed. But he used to work for Deliveroo, I think, and uh, he's obviously joined you guys uh, from Scotland uh but yeah lovely guy and i just spotted him doing his his spin on the day but anyway uh i'm digressing tell me more about sunday because obviously you're still early in the journey in england um well you're a year is it a year today you were saying or year yesterday
1: um so it was a year as a company that we celebrated um last week we had our party yesterday um across all the markets at sunday but in in the uk you're right we launched later we launched um end of july so what is Sunday? Um, Sunday, very simply, is the fastest and smartest way of paying at restaurants. It's been created by um, the Big Mama Restaurant Group owners and founders. So it was essentially created by restaurateurs on the back of the pandemic. The idea initially was, um, you know, after the first lockdown, understanding how you can reduce hygiene and or health risks for yeah. the staff and for the guests. Um, by reducing contact with paper menus and by reducing contact with payment terminals. So the solution to that, that they found was to use QR codes to do so. And initially that was just um, for health concerns, but what the founders uh, of Big Mama saw across all of the restaurants, across three countries, was that actually after three months, 80% of their guests were paying um, through the QR codes without like, their staff pushing for it because at that at that time it was yeah. just an internal uh, kind of side project, if you will, their tables were turning faster. I, we'll get back to this in a minute. Um, but essentially when you, when you think about it, you're waiting for 12, 15 minutes on average for the bill, especially when the restaurant is short on staff, which is the case at the moment. And um, we saw that this time, was not utilized by um, the restaurants. Um, The second thing that they observed is that the tables were rotating faster because essentially you don't have to wait for 15 minutes for the bill. You can just go to the QR code, scan it, split the bill, tip, pay, all that in 10 seconds without having to actually um, download anything. And um, the final thing was the staff could reallocate their time to do what actually matters, which is the customer experience. So instead of running after payment terminals um, during um, a very, very busy shift, they can actually go to the guests, ask them how their experience is so far, speak about the new limoncello that is on the menu um, to do some upselling and just making sure that all of their time is dedicated to things you know that actually matter to the guest experience um, and not uh, admin um, heavy.
0: In, in hospitality, and I always think with tech, you've got to solve a problem, right? The whole point of having technology is to fix something. And I think waiting in restaurants is my biggest bugbear. And I think most people waiting to pay, waiting at the table, waiting at the front door, wherever it might be. So, And I think it's one of the – everyone I speak to, I ran a panel at HRC, and the one thing all the guys agreed on, it was Popeye's, Honest Burger – uh, they were talking about paying at the table is the biggest problem that needs fixing. It's the biggest kind of... It t- I think there's a there's a stat somewhere about how much t- customers are turned off about paying a tip by having to wait over, I think it's over five minutes or something for their bill. Uh, and as you're right, you're rightly saying that sometimes it can be 10, 15 minutes wait. So it is really fixing quite a big problem.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like, if you think about it, no one likes paying at the restaurant. Like, it's it's not something that is bringing any <laughs> oh, value. No, exactly. And if you it feels sometimes like when you're waiting for 15 minutes for the bill, it's exactly like waiting 10 years ago before Uber existed, like for a cab for 10 minutes under the rain. Like you don't know how painful it is until you actually discover Uber, which is bringing you from A to B without having you waiting for uh, the cab. And it's exactly the same thing. Once you've used Sunday once. There, there is no way back in terms of get the
0: experience. <laughs> but it also gives you time to, to review the meal, right? So you've got your 15 minutes and you've spent 150 pounds, whatever it might be, and you're sitting there thinking, oh, was it worth it? You know, you start questioning, you know, did I have a great time and all that kind of So I think that, and that immediacy, especially if you've got kids, right? I've got kids trying to get out of a restaurant with kids. You, I do not want to wait to pay. I want to be out there. So, yeah, I think it's a great idea. And, and how's it been received? Obviously, you've talked about the pandemic side of it, where it was a, a necessity. But how has it been received as we come out of the pandemic? How is it performing?
1: Um, so we essentially have now partnered in less than a year with 6,000 partners um, wow. across restaurants across um, seven countries. The idea was because it was created by restaurants, um, it is solving all of their operational issues at the stage of payment. So typically, because people don't wait for the bill for fifteen minutes. That means that you can rotate your tables faster. That means yeah. that you can get actually more customers. So there is an increase in rotation um, of the tables plus ten percent customers on average. Now there is another aspect of it, which is for the restaurants who are so short on staff and who are struggling right now um, with like finding people, retaining them. When we launched Sunday. We did it with a very nice nudge for people to tip the staff. And essentially what we saw is 40% increase in tips. And I'm saying 40%, but in concrete words, it can be much more than that. So Canada, for instance, went from 200 pounds per site per month to 1000. That's essentially wow. a 400, percent increase, right? So it, it is, so it is something that, you know, It's not going to solve all uh, the questions from the restaurants and all of the challenges that they're facing now. But if you use this money to keep your team incentivized um, and that's on top of service charge, well, that's um, that's a good thing for them as well. And eventually, you know, like you rotate tables faster, you retain your staff, um, you get also a solution like in terms of our business model which we is we're very transparent in our fees so we just take a small pr- proportion of um, each transaction uh, and it's always the same and um yeah i think that that's that's pretty much like the main the b- main benefits um Sunday. so that allowed us to prove concept with the restaurants um across the globe uh, we are now in seven countries we are um growing quite quite nicely with a few more um integrations of POSs because essentially the way our product works is that we integrate with the POS of the restaurant to make their life easier, right? So you want people to scan the bill, split it, um, pay it, and then you want everything to be sent to the internal um, system of the restaurant. So you want the table to be closed on Sunday, but then the table to be closed on, um, on the POS the last thing you want is the waitress or waiter to be wondering whether the table was paid for yes um, and nightmare. essentially <laughs> that would be a ni- that would be a nightmare That wouldn't bring any value to to the restaurants um, so that's uh, that's pretty much like the value of it um we've had two million uh, seven 2.7 2. million um users who paid in 10 seconds um since like the first the beginning of our journey we're integrated with um, 25, more than 25 now POSs across the globe, which allows us also to grow and to address like many different types of restaurants. Um, and I think the main topic about Sunday um, is at this stage, like the product and the team. We've grown the team to 350 um, employees now. We have a super strong culture and maybe we can get back to, to that in a minute. Um, but we have like, really developed something which is not only a team of people who are passionate about the product but also um, like really a very cool culture
0: yeah it's interesting because it's not just I mean you know, there's a lot of operational barriers that you're fixing but also for the customers actually it's it's a big win as well isn't it that as we were saying the time they save at the table or the ease of paying and that awkward moment because you say no one likes paying for the bill right it's, it's something we have to do but no one likes doing it
1: Yeah, no one no one likes doing it, and in reality, you realize that also because when you know again once you've paid autonomously and you don't have you haven't had to wait for like fifteen minutes, then for an extra maybe ten minutes, especially when you're in a group and like you have like the waiter the waiter or waitress coming and asking to split and how do you split it? And it becomes about like the money. It's it's not about like how much fun you had and how great your meal was. It's about like oh, how do we split that? Uh, who pays cash? Who pays car? Blah, blah, blah. And it's not as uh, as nice of an experience. And that's why people actually tip more, I think, because like yeah. it's it's simple. On the like, there is obviously one thing, which is that uh, no one has cash anymore. So yeah. allowing people to do that very simply from their phone um, increases the, the tip rate. But apart from that, like people have a better experience. They're leaving on a nice note. It doesn't change anything operationally for the restaurant like The guest journey is the same. You're going to be greeted when you arrive, you're going to be told about the menu, etc. When you leave, um, obviously, you are going to be greeted as well and thanked for your time uh, at the restaurant. So it, it is a great experience for sure. And that's why tips increase for the staff.
0: I'm laughing because my wife, when we pay, if we're out with friends, she's one of those people who likes to itemize everything to make sure you had that one, I had that one. Whereas I'm just like, split it three ways. But yeah, I, <laughs> I understand there's different types of customers everywhere. She is a pain. And you just touched on culture, actually. Uh, and I alluded to it at the start of the conversation around what I experienced at HRC. And it, it seems like you're building the, this this energy runs. I know, I know it's a vibrant pink you've got in the branding, and, uh, and you meet the people and they're all high energy, high-fiving you at every second. Um, is that is that something that runs throughout the company?
1: Um, yes. So we have three, essentially three um, key parts of our culture. So our three values are beyond, simple, and trust. Beyond is um, two things, essentially. It's the idea that you have an ownership mentality and you're always um, going above for your partners, for your team, for the product, like questioning the status quo, that's something essentially being driven by, by what you're doing. And I think that passion is really uh, driving the, the beyond element, we move super fast. Um, so we really need to keep that high standards. Um, and essentially the second aspect of it is like, if you go beyond, you need to accept to be outside of your comfort zone as well. Um, and that's that's one aspect um the second thing is simple so simple means being tactical um you get things done for sure and you need to accept that it's going to be 80 20 and that there are going to be some like room for maneuver for error and for learning um victor who is our ceo um and founder always says done better than than perfect and i think that's uh that's a very good representation also of what like a tech startup looks like or any uh, any small business frankly um and simple also in the way we communicate so we're very open to feedback um we put like facts data in front of like any uh, instead of any ego or emotion so we're really simple in the way we communicate or even manage our teams Um, i think that's also a very um a very important point and the last bit is like trust. And I think that's where th- that's probably my favorite value at Sunday. Um, you build trust with your team. And I think that's how you get them um, dancing on, uh, on the stand at HRC. But it's also like, you know, the, tr- the trust in the product, the trust that you have, like a great leadership team, which I like definitely believe we have. And I think that's that's amazing to see what they've built in just one year. Um the, the trust that you're building with your restaurants, because like you cannot mess with a restaurateur's shift, like yeah. it, it has just too much impact. So you need to, great, to build a great product that is going to make their lives easier. And if you don't deliver on that promise, well, you know, um, restaurants won't want to work with you. And that's, um, that's a very key thing. So you need to build this trust. It's very important for us because we were created um, by a restaurant group. Yeah. So essentially, um, that's something that is really always on the, on the background. And, um, and yeah, we, we trust each other. We challenge the status quo uh, within our teams. We don't manage. We're holding people accountable for what they're doing. And I think all of that creates a very um, healthy environment.
0: Yeah, and I think and I think you've, you obviously had great experience at Deliveroo when you were doing that across regions as well, countries as well as uh, just the UK. And I think what, what's your general opinion about hospitality as it stands right now? Because obviously technology is due to the pandemic, and I, and a little bit beforehand it was coming, wasn't it? Anyway, but I think it got super speeded by the pandemic. What do you think about this kind of um, mass implementation of tech? Do you think the the hospitality industry is coping with it? Do you think we've got a long journey to go on? I'm just interested in your opinion.
1: Yeah, I think um tech is only helping if uh it's answering a problem. There's uh, someone in the industry recently who told me like you need to be the peel not the vitamin. Um, the vitamin is like you're you're making something nicer or easier, yeah. sure, but the peel is actually you're solving a problem. Um when, when we see the, the results after a year, um, the number of restaurants who've like saved time through Sunday, the increasing tips in the industry, I'm, and like, we know that we're doing things right. Um, we have up to 90% adoption in some of our restaurants after just a few days of operation, like Pasha Mama, for instance, after four days, they were at more than 85% adoption. So wow. 85% of payments going um, through Sunday that that's pretty um amazing and i think you know that that's that's this idea if you're bringing in this type of uh service and then you're increasing tips and like you're doing this kind of things regardless of what kind of focus your tech has it can bring value to the restaurant but you need to prove that with like actual um actual numbers so i think in terms of tech there are a lot of um, players who are doing different parts of the, of the food tech uh, ecosystem. So obviously delivery partners, but also reporting partners. I'm thinking of like offerings, friends um, at for instance, like how do you help restaurants do some proper planning? Um, there are obviously the POS systems um, that we integrate with, like all of our partners. Um, they like they are helping the restaurants. Um, by the nature of their products to be more more organized, more efficient, etc. And I think in terms of trends, I mean, obviously, restaurants, they will want some data. Um, And in terms of what we're building now on our roadmap, we are building some more um, work streams essentially for loyalty and rewards so that we can help the restaurants incentivize um, their guests to come back uh we oh, yeah I was, uh, I
0: was about to ask about that because you have because you kind of own that part of the journey um that the end part of the journey you are key to loyalty aren't you as in you you can really open the gate to you know we talk about grocery and tesco club card and all those people who do it really well in terms of gathering data and gathering what people buy is that where you see yourselves ending up
1: um yeah so eventually the idea is rather that we make payment super seamless everywhere but specifically for restaurants what that means is that because 80 percent um like up to 90 percent of payments can go for sunday we have like some people who are willing to um sign up give you information about like their preferences Um, so like you're gonna be able to find out a lot of information that you can't find as a restaurant now whenever you're using a payment terminal because there is no way to closing the loop you know like you have like a booking system that is going to give you information on a person you're going to get feedback when the person is on site but you're not going to know afterwards like how to create a relationship with these people right um so that that's what we're building that's our vision really to exciting. give this information um back to to the restaurants
0: yeah it's very cool because i think that's a that's a, a the personalization piece going forward for hospitality is going to because i think people are demanding it they don't want to be spammed by email anymore they don't want to get stuff they're not interested in so to actually be uh, have a I suppose, contact with your favorite brand around something you have actually eaten or something you've experienced is is going to be really interesting. It's powerful data.
1: Yes. And that's something that the restaurants are asking for a lot. Um, We launched a ratings and review um, feature recently. um, And essentially, we're just prompting people after their meal to say how much they liked the restaurant from one star to five star. Um, Two two great things. Um, One, restaurants love like um sorry the guests love uh their experience at the restaurants we had like four point seven uh on average out of five uh across all the ratings and, and people actually more than 30-40 percent depending on the countries of the guests leave a review which is wow. quite unique but if you think of it like you've just paid you're on your phone it's so easy to just actually leave a review and yep. if you want to you can actually properly write um, some feedback for the restaurant, and this is very valuable info for the restaurants that they don't necessarily find, um, apart from the times where they get this, um, obviously it's TripAdvisor or other review platforms. But at that time of the payment, it's very easy for someone to leave
0: um, a comment. It's very cool. And what's the, So, and yeah, apart from loyalty, and what else have you got? On the, what have you got planned coming up?
1: Um, so we just launched uh, a new vertical. So essentially, order and pay is our newest product. Um, so pay at table is the system that we launched initially that's what we do that's available for all restaurants without them changing their guest journey so um you have this possibility to pay at the end of the meal autonomously with a qr code but for some restaurants um and and especially like limited service restaurants or um over like use cases like bars food courts fast food festivals etc we launched order and pay because there is a demand on the market for also in some places offering the ability to place an order and to pay um, so that's the newest product that we that we launched um still on our vision that we're obsessed with one thing which is like customers enjoying um 100 of their time on site um, especially when you're in a pub you know like you're watching a game you don't want to miss out on the on the score or like on the goal or anything like that because you're queuing, etc. So in some in some use cases, uh, it can make sense to um, to offer that order and pay solution to to restaurants, um, and so, so that that's that's a new product that we've launched. The second thing that we're launching, um, as I told you, was loyalty and rewards. Um, we are developing also these ratings and reviews that we um, that we touched upon before. We are creating user accounts. So we just released that um, feature. So as a Sunday guest, like as a guest who's used Sunday, you can save your information only if you want to. Um, so that you can get in the future some um, rewards, some discounts, some information if you sign up. Obviously, we're very uh, mindful of like uh, personal data. So if you are interested and if you want to learn more about what your favorite restaurants are doing, uh, you're going to be able to to do so um, through your your user account, which is extremely exciting. Um, and uh, in terms of like you know broader plans, we're expanding to new geographies. So we just launched um, Portugal. In Italy, we're currently present um, in France, Spain, the UK, Canada, and the US. So now Portugal it's and old. Italy. And it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's it's so much um, fun to see, like, how you deal with different cultures, how you, like, you build this company across so many different geographies and such. And how involved are you time. in that?
0: Because obviously you have some great experience from Deliveroo um, in doing that previously. Are you are you supporting that growth, you personally? Um,
1: well, me indirectly, I would say, because we work very closely with the GMs of the other countries, There, yeah. are, there is a, an interesting element of like people in the company having had like a background from Deliveroo or Uber, like very fast growing yeah. companies and knowing what can go wrong when yeah. you don't scale properly and when you don't do certain things right, like in terms of sales, in terms of understanding the product, in terms of like go to market strategy. So we're trying to put all of our brains together to grow, to grow uh, sustainably and super fast and not replicating the mistakes that we've seen at like other companies that we're all coming from. Um, and that, that's quite interesting um, because like we're essentially putting years of learnings um, from like tech players in just like a few months all combined yeah. <laughs> to launch some of the market it, it, it's it's there is something about it that is quite fascinating
0: yeah it's exciting though isn't it i suppose yeah you know otherwise you'd still be at the bank doing your um <laughs> going through your levels so it's great it's great fun i'm sure and what about you personally obviously you, you i'm sure you work hard i know you've just got back from holiday but what'd you like to do on your days off you got any hobbies
1: yes absolutely um i mean apart from being a foodie obviously um i Love uh, sports. I um, run a lot. I do some gym. Um, I'm passionate about art. So um, whenever I have a few friends who work in the industry, so I enjoy going to, to museums with them or to go to some auctions. Unfortunately, just watching, but it's always great <laughs> fun. Um, I do travel a lot. Um, I've been lucky to visit quite a few countries, and i I have to say I'm very tempted by um, unusual destinations in a way um and like i've been to azerbaijan i like i I like traveling to uh places like i went to to the arctic because that was a challenge of mine it's 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 something that I, i that i really enjoy um doing i um also Try to spend more and more time uh, mentoring people, especially young women, um, either from my um, previous so so from my previous company, uh, Deliveroo, or uh, some people from my business school. I think, wow. uh, especially in tech, it's uh, it can be challenging to be to be a woman, sure. and so that's something that um, I'm spending much more time on.
0: Oh, we should talk about that for a minute because obviously I mentioned that to you. When actually, when I met you at HRC, that I uh, I met Kim. Uh, from Mr. Yerman. We had, we had a, a brief conversation around it as well. It, it's, it's, you're less common. I, I've, I've come across less women as I'm doing my podcast and I'm actually deliberately working hard to find and, and record with more females because I think it's, I think it should be challenged, right? And it, why do you think it's, why do you think it's quite a male-dominated world in terms of uh, tech? I suppose, especially from the founder-led side.
1: I think there are a few elements. That the number one topic would be. Um, I think there there is a stereotype that tech and science is still like more for men or yeah. m- more of a male-dominated workplace. So it's not necessarily as appealing to women when they like choose um, an academic path. I would say and
0: that's at school um, level, isn't it? Really, that's at like college and school. Yeah,
1: exactly and that means that in the future that's a smaller pool of people that you can hire from right so statistically yeah. if you have less people going through this academic paths um that's that's a bigger concern for the hiring um front and then another aspect of that and maybe it's definitely related is that i think there are not so many um female role models if that if that makes sense in in tech in particular so um i was thinking recently of like the two free names that we have in mind when we speak about um, or female role models in tech, like apart from maybe Cheryl uh, Sandberg from uh, Facebook who is the CEO or uh, the founder of Bumble, with um, yeah. Whitney Wolfhard, like they, these people are probably the only ones that top of mind just like, you know, you, you know how to yeah. place on the map, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, w- Obviously, for us at Sunday, we have a female co-founder. I didn't tell you about um, how uh, we're structured, but um, Victor and Tigran, who were the founders of Big Mama, actually teamed up with um, Christine to launch the company at scale. So she's our um, co-CEO, and she's um, leading the U.S. and Canada business. Um, and having her as our co-founder um, promoting work life balance promoting like spending time on things that matter to you like to me it's quite inspiring and, yeah. and i think like we need more people um, like that in the um, in in this industry to to shake things up a little bit and like more broadly at sunday we have a very strong focus on um, diversity and and inclusion we i think have around like 30 35% of um, women in the company, which is above the average, but it's not good enough. Um, so it's been a big focus for us. I'm very proud to say that in the UK we're at 43%. I checked recently, and that's <laughs> uh, that's pretty awesome um, to see. So we've done like as a company. Typically, it's a small part of like what we can do for the industry. Everyone needs to to chip in. Um, we have made a partnership uh, with um, 50 in tech, like to to start like building you know, a network of uh, women in the industry. Um, We are working on becoming a B Corp. So gender equality um, is a term, like has a very strong uh, importance to us. And what that means is like, we have like very high standards when we recruit, uh, when we upskill people, like we really promote women internally. We have something that has been launched actually recently, which I love. It's called Elevate and it's an internal um forum that was created by like employees to discuss any um challenges that they're facing in their day-to-day life um as as a woman in the industry or in the company and to have like this um open forum i think i think it's quite important and um maybe the last thing which is probably going to evolve very quickly is that for women it's been very difficult to handle both their personal life and um their professional life but now with remote working especially in tech where it's becoming more common if you think about it it's going to be much easier for you to still be a leader in a company but like be able to go at 4 p.m and get your kids out of school right yeah. because you know that you can organize your time in a much different way um, so that's um that's uh, no, no, that pretty, like,
0: interesting and, um Anne Elliott runs a uh, program called Plan B. I don't know if you've heard of Plan B Mentoring, uh, which is something that she runs with hostility female leaders. And it's absolutely fantastic. And it's been uh, it's been revolutionary in terms of what they're doing in the casual dining space, I suppose. But they're, they're looking for people like you, I'm sure. Um, so uh, I'm sure she'll be in touch if she listens. But look, Elizabeth, that's brilliant. I could probably talk to you for an hour, especially about traveling, because I was watching James Bond, the new movie the other night. And at the start, oh, of very the, nice. they're, they're in Puglia, I think. It's a small <laughs> village in Puglia that they film at in southern Italy. And it is absolutely stunning. I don't know if you see the opening sequences, but yeah, I'm going there as soon as I can. Uh, I'm going to go and visit there, but I, I love traveling too. I think it's, the world is a beautiful place. So it's very interesting. Uh, thank you for your time. I can't wait to see you again in person. Um, so hopefully that won't be too long.
1: Thank you very much for, for having me. Uh, and yes, see you very soon, Chris. Thank you. And,
0: and before I let you go, how do people get in touch with you? Where, if they want to find you and learn more, more about Sunday, where can they find you?
1: Email us at hello at sundayapp.com. Or they can find us on LinkedIn um, and uh, they can like just add me, Elizabeth, on LinkedIn. Um, if they have any questions, if they want to reach out, if they want to learn more, if they're partners or friends of the industry, um, always welcome to, to reach out directly.
0: Perfect. That's great. Well, thank you very much. That was Elizabeth, everyone. Uh, and we shall see you all next week. Thanks, Elizabeth.
1: Thank you. Bye bye.
0: Thanks for listening. Make sure you tune in next week to find out who we've got coming up or you can go and check out techontoast.community to find out more about what we're up to. Have a great week.